This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl, and my guest this week is Jim Knight. Jim teaches organizations of all sizes how to attain their rock star status. He started his career at Gatorland Zoo in Florida. He has the scars to prove it. I've heard there's a boa constrictor story in there somewhere. He eventually led global training for Hard Rock International for 21 years. He is a speaker, author, and podcaster. Jim, welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Great intro, and uh, I've just been honored now to, to be on your show. After all this time, I know we've been trying to make it happen, so I, I'm giddy to be here, brother. Absolutely. So the one question I ask every single guest, Jim, is what's one thing people might not know about you? One thing they don't know, beside the uh, scar getting bit by a boa constrictor, that was a pretty good one. That was a good uh, one. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. already left that out of the bag there, as did yeah, I. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, you know what? I, For whatever reason, in the last 30 years, I've developed a fear of being shocked, like a fear from electromagnetic shock whenever you touch metal. I know there's a word for it. I don't remember what it is, but... I, whenever I see any metal, when I'm coming up to it now all the time, even if it's my car, I'm like knuckle, elbow, anything that can probably take the brunt. But I don't know if that's something that a lot of people don't know, but uh, it's kind of freaky. <laughs> yeah, I, I would definitely, it's only happened to me a couple of times, but I, I don't, uh, don't get a, I don't have a phobia over it. So um, let's, let's dig right into it. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a bunch it. of things that I could talk about. I could talk about uh, the product you use on your hair, but then we, I know you geek out about it and we talk about it for the next 30 minutes. So yes. I'm going to completely yes. skip that. Uh, <laughs> let me talk about something that I know you're also pa passionate about is culture. So how do you define culture? Yeah, great question. It's probably actually, Nick, one of my most asked questions because a lot of people are trying to figure it out that here's, here's sort of my focus on it. I've, I'm taking a little bit of a different approach because I do think culture is everything. I'm in the culture is everything camp. But when I actually say the word, I know it's very nebulous, very esoteric. It gets fuzzy for people. What exactly is it? So I've come to the conclusion after all the years that I, I was immersed in a company that had a great culture, but written about it and talk about it. I just think it's a collection of people. I, I think honestly, it is a collection of people who have you know, some pretty unique behaviors. And some of those behaviors are awesome and some of them not so much. But whoever's in the company, in the brand at that time, at that moment, that is your company culture. And I just, I really believe that. I think that things don't happen, uh, you know, on accident, unless you're totally into the robotic and everything's automated, you need people to get things done. And, and I use a ton of examples. Like if somebody were to leave the organization, you know, they still made a dent in the culture. Even if they were only there three, four, five weeks, they still made a dent. If a senior executive or the founder or the president or whoever, somebody highly influential leaves, well, now there's broad sweeping impact and influence that just changes all the time. So it isn't the systems and the structure and the tools, although I think we should do those things right. I think when it comes down to the heart and the core of a culture, it's just a collection of people, which means you got to go focus on getting the right ones. That's going to make your company brand awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the organizational 
points that leaders should be addressing to, you know, amp up using one of your words, maintain or even revolutionize that, that culture. Yeah, I wish more leaders in in companies were to structure some things around like this. So I know you're using those words. When I think about these these core elements, these core tenets, if you focused on you know ultimately purpose of the company, the the leadership, you know what kind of leadership style and skill that you're going to use, definitely some infrastructure stuff, which is a highly touted word these days. But even on the service mentality, like there should be a plan. You should almost label that thing. You, you, we should be wrapping our arms around an awesome service mindset, whoever the end user, the the customer, consumer, the client, whoever it is. But ultimately, again, I'm going to hang my hat on people. I just, I just think in my heart, Nick, I think that's what it is. But if they could organize even their manager meetings around those concepts, purpose, leadership, infrastructure, service, and people, I, I don't think there's anything else that, that would be as important. All the other stuff is just small rocks. You know, the, the bigger things are those things I just talked about, but the, the key one for me, it's going to be the humans. Yeah. I see that organizations tend to focus on what they're measured on and they kind of have that, I call it the horse blinders on and they're running as fast as they can in the direction of that metric. Totally. You know, or and, the product, yeah. like they're just focused, yeah. they're, they're, like you said, they want to be so fast to the market. They're hanging yeah. their hat on the thing, the stuff. They miss it, man. They totally miss it. I'm with you. Yeah. So what are some of the organizations who, who do the, the business service culture right? Oh man, for my background in hospitality, I could list off a ton, but I do think, you know, Chick-fil-A is probably right up there. Uh, There's a couple convenience stores that I'm starting to write and talk about more. If you're familiar with Wawa or Mm -hmm. Sheets, they're, they're sort of direct competitors, even Bucky's, which is like the, it is a total experience. It's the largest convenience store in the world, but even going outside of of like the Ritz Carlton and Kempton hotels, if you break out of the world that I grew up in, I think about the container store. I think about Salesforce. Uh, I think about Rackspace, which, which you're dealing with servers behind the scenes. That a lot of people don't even see. These guys do computer technology stuff, but they have some of the coolest cultures where people are actually getting tattoos of the company logo on their body. So, you know, there, there's a lot that I could sort of think of. Ulta Beauty is coming up quite a bit. Um, I'm really in love with the Cleveland Clinic. I think about some of the stuff that they do. Um, some of my biggest clients when I go out and speak are, are funeral directors. And there's a couple of funeral homes now that are starting to really have awesome culture, believe it or not, even in death care. So I, I purposefully believe like a company like Zappos who sells shoes, not even their own shoes, but other people's shoes online. And they're only one location, but it's one of the greatest service cultures we can think of in the U.S. So there, there's some really good ones out there. I could probably go on and on about the list. Yeah, that's so interesting that you, uh, you know, with with the people that you went through, um, one of the guys that reached out to me, or I, I met with a while ago, and I was networking, this was four or five years ago, and he had a had a funeral home and had a bunch of three or four or five or six of them, which is, uh, it's interesting, sometimes the small talk can be hard, but one thing I thought was hilarious is, and he kind of used it as a joke and maybe something semi-serious, but it's a way, it's memorable is he'd stick his hand out and then he'd keep point his finger out towards my wrist and he would check my pulse to make sure I'm still alive oh, or else funny. we can't do business. <laughs> that's funny. That is a little, that is a little morbid though, isn't it? Yeah. So the next time that you go to one of those, one of your, your, uh, your, your clients, you check yes. their pulse and see what they say. Yeah. I'm sure they would love that. Let me, believe me, I've tried a couple uh, funeral jokes before. They don't go over that well. They've heard and seen all of them. But you get a thousand funeral directors in a conference area, 
th those guys are, they're actually quite fun, believe it or not. It's awesome. So it's not with culture. It's about people. Yes. And so how can you rock your people or your employees world? Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, I live in a parallel universe uh, that is always focused on that human behavior. So my background at Hard Rock predominantly was training and development. I was also a middle school teacher for six years. So again, I'm always focusing on that employee engagement. I think if you can get this group of perhaps promotable army of giants to take the hill for you, then when you get up into the sales world and you're dealing with a customer, the guest, the end user, like we talked about, I just think it's so much easier. And this isn't new. I didn't create this. This is the old, they call it the service profit chain, right? Like if you can focus on the people, it'll it'll parlay up. It'll move right up into the, the customer experience. So, you know, the things I think about are just thanking people on a regular basis. It's inspiring them. It's motivating them. In my world, I was going out of your way to teach and coach and develop. And, and if I could promote them, I would, at least making them promotable. They would be ready to take on more responsibility. So I don't have to go to the outside and hire somebody else because I look around and I don't have anybody ready. That, that's shame on me. So I constantly want to use mentorship and training and development to get them to that point. But even in the way that we get people to stay with us, just looking for more opportunity to recognize and reward and love on people more. And I know we don't use that word quite a bit in business, but I think when people really feel appreciated and listened to, they're going to stick around with you a little bit longer. So again, when it comes to engagement, you know, I'm, I'm all about the team members all day long. That's where I want to spend my energy. Man, the hardest thing right now with, doesn't matter, pick an industry is retention. It's keeping yes. your employees, keeping them happy, keeping them. And it's not just keeping them paid well. It's not just, hey, you get two and a half weeks or three weeks of vacation instead of two. It's like you said, it, it's showing them and it's not saying, man, I love you. I love you, Jim. Yeah. Uh, it's it's giving them a, a side hug. It's it's just showing them love. And, wow. and you do that in, in a, a bunch of different ways. But how important from an employee perspective is that is that engagement to to that individual and what does that what does that do for retention well i think it's mission number one if you're a leader like you got to be showing up thinking you know today's the day that i'm just going to be doing these things i've got to cognizantly think what can i do right now to get my team members to fall madly in love with me and sometimes you know listen it might be money although we still find on the list although it's important it's still like seven or eight or nine depending on what list you look at it's more about following a leader that I can trust. It's about, are they listening to me? Do they take my ideas? Are they actively working on me getting to some type of next level, some type of a growth pattern? Uh, I, I wanna not work with slackers. Like I actually wanna work with other cool people. So, mm -hmm. you know, listen, if this is gonna be where we spend predominantly the, the most amount of time, our waking time at least in one location is going to be at a job, why not make it the absolute best environment you possibly can? So as a leader, that's squarely on my shoulders. I get to pick and choose all of that stuff. And so, yeah, more money, more opportunities, all that stuff is always going to show up. But believe it or not, I actually really do think that if you were just walking around saying, you're awesome, thank you so much, you rock. I think the more of those deposits, I like to say, in the emotional bank account, I think that trust, that interest just, it grows and develops. Because listen, we're going to make a mistake. I'm going to make a withdrawal. I'm going to screw up somewhere. And, and, and if I pull that withdrawal out, if that's all they ever hear is no, 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 and you're wrong and you're, you're slapping people around because they're getting stuff wrong. Get, you know, if I was a millennial or even Gen Z, I, I'm just going somewhere else because yeah. listen, right now it is an employee's world. 
it, it is a team member's world. They can go anywhere. And if they're a rock star, rock stars can always get another gig. They, they don't need us as much as we need them. So again, retention, you're awesome. Thank you. Let me help develop you. Let me listen to you. I know this sounds fundamental one-on-one, but it's so true, probably more so today than ever before. Yeah, but it's not just using the words, but it's meaning it, being being genuine behind it and trying to help exactly. them help them succeed in life, uh, it, it help them extend where they're at today to where they want to go, uh, yeah. listen to them and, and add value along that journey. Because if you're communicating with them and constantly engaging with them, they feel that love that you're trying to trying to say, regardless if you say it or not. Yeah. I have a couple friends that have a frozen dessert concept in Chicago and they hire almost exclusively Gen Z and they do exactly that. They, you know, first off, they purposefully know that a lot of the people that are coming in are not going to be completely skilled because there are some things, life skills that just aren't taught in school or even by parents anymore. And so I think a lot of employers like my friends who own this business called Susie Swirl, they, they know that people are going to come in and they can either make a choice to say, I've got to teach them how to make eye contact and smile and use a mop and, and count back change because they're not getting any of that stuff anymore. I mean, they're going to have to take the time to do that or I got to go, sorry, you don't have enough experience. You're not competent enough and they'll go and hire somebody else. And that's a shame because the ones who are giving people an opportunity and doing those things, like you said, that sort of people feel really valued. I think what you're seeing is people are one going to stay with you longer, or maybe they have a journey somewhere else, but they're going to retreat back, maybe to come back as a leader at some point for the organization. So I think you've got to just put it on your radar screen that I'm going to make, whether it's the first job or this particular job for them, the absolute best, and they'll think fondly of me. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. Yeah. So when it comes to communication, uh, was it was it in uh, Wayne's World where they turned it up to eleven, or is that a different community? Was that a different movie? Different one, Spinal Tap. Spinal yeah, another reference. Oh, yes. I completely botched it. <laughs> uh, so at, in Spinal Tap, they said turn turn it up yeah. to eleven, right? But so this why should goes my to eleven? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so awesome. So why should my listeners turn communication up to eleven? You know, I, I just I, I think in almost every facet of the organization, whether you're talking internally or externally, I, I just think you got to look for opportunities to create an unbelievable experience. So again, I'm saying this could be for the team member, but ultimately for the guests. And so the way you turn it up to 11 is you've got to put it front and center. And so in my world, you know, probably in my hard rock background, I do believe that a lot of the stuff I did was loud and fast and gregarious and grandiose. But there are a lot of times where you just have to be subtle and quiet and cool. And and there's a sense of urgency and an attention to detail. Like there's two sides in my world of rock and roll. But I think when it comes to service, it's the same thing. There's a time to be humble. 
there's a time to bring the thunder. And I think if you can teach people to recognize that, to look at people and just go, well, the, the outcomes I'm trying to get are for people to come back, spend more money and talk about me favorably. The only way you ever create an experience are to do those three things. I don't care about the 997 other things that are on some customer survey. I've seen all those, by the way. I look at the last three questions. Are you coming back? Are you spending more money? Are you going to talk about me positively? Hmm. That's when I know that somebody has turned it up to 11. And so I hopefully don't want people to think it's just, you, you crank it up and it's always gang on. You know, I just think you have to think, what am I supposed to do with this person right now to rock their face off? Because if I can get them to come back, spend more and talk about me positively, I win. They're, they're, we're, we're going to help perpetuate the brand for all time. Yeah. So is that the best way to increase the value proposition or is there another way? That's it, man. I, I honestly think that if you just taught people to do that now, yeah. there's, there's certainly some tactical things. Again, I would go out there and hire the absolute best talent I could find. I say hire rock stars. You start again, if you believe in my definition at all, and it's about the humans, let's go hire rock stars. Right behind that, can we create some sort of communication platforms? Can I get as much information? Can I sit back wait for a moment and listen to what the team is saying, that I can make some adjustments with that. Could I create an unparalleled service mentality? Something that I talk about on a regular basis, not on day one orientation, but so much so that I create customer loyalty. Like people are not gonna go to the, the other side of town and cheat on me just because I can save a little bit more money. Like I've blown their head so much off that they're like, I can't fathom going somewhere else. Like I, I've, I've got an emotional attachment to you. So if I could do all those things, I know that sounds again, maybe a little bit over the top. That's how my mind works. I just think, you know, this is how rock stars think, right? We think grandiose. When I get through with you, I'm going to drop the mic and you will have had your world rocked. If I don't think like that, I'm probably less likely to behave like that. And listen, you can go and do some tactical things. You want to go do an annual SWOT analysis and sit back and look at your strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and threats and things like that. Yes. Do all those things that all the business gurus have said. I'm in that camp, by the way, I read a lot of business oriented stuff, but if you could just hire the best ones, sit back and have some communication and listen a little bit and ultimately create this unbelievable stellar unparalleled service mentality and, and measure to it. I, I think you're going to win. Yeah. So hire the right rock stars. Which Obviously, is not easy to do. It's hard yeah, to do. Yeah. I mean, just find, finding the right rock stars, convincing them that, hey, the, the organization that I'm building today, you're going to want to be part of, and I want you to part of that talent. So what's the best way to keep that talent once you get it? Well, to keep it, you know, hopefully it's on some of the stuff that we talked about with love and teach, inspire and motivate yep. and reward and recognize and all those things. But you know, if you went out of the way and said, I'm going to personalize and customize and individualize my approach with every team member, by the way, just like we teach the team members to do with the customer. If I could do that with an employee, I think I've got a better shot at them once again, being loyal to me. I mean, if you could hire the right ones, if you could have unbelievably great recruiting collateral, if you could have non-negotiable, you know, interviewing standards. If I can put them through a filter that they actually get a job here, I feel like I've already, I'm, I'm in a pretty good place, but you know, people are gonna leave for, for different reasons. But I yeah. know for a fact, there is a correlation between turnover and sales. I used to do this all the time. I would look on a regular basis to the top 10 hard rocks when I was there of who was crushing it, not from just hitting budget, but the trajectory was constantly going up. Year on year, they were hitting their numbers. 
ironically, actually it wasn't ironic. Like for me, it, it wasn't a coincidence. I knew for a fact, I would go and look at what was their rolling 12 turnover? How, how are they turning through people that actually had the best turnover? They were holding on to people, their sales were going up, which they were able to flow down to the bottom line, to the EBITDA of the line. So I, I just think, again, if I live in this world, that parallel universe I talked about all day long, I am working on trying to get those people to fall madly and left. They can't fathom going somewhere else. If I do it right, it'll parlay over to what the guests are, are looking for. Yeah, they can think that goes back to filling your cup. Like you're just constantly overflowing their cup with value and communication and experiences. So totally. they're like, even, even if somebody came over and they said, hey, just want to let you know, we have this awesome product. You want to do business with us? And they're like, can you do these seven things? And by the way, can you create this human connection? Can you overflow my cup day in and day out, even when you screw up? And they're like, yeah, okay. I don't want to put in the effort. No. They're like, okay, cool. Then you, you keep on moving and I'm going to stick yeah. with this company. What they'll do is they'll offer you 50 cents more. And, yeah. and some people will jump at that. And you know yeah. what happens? Greener pastures. They get over yeah. there and they're always like, oh man, I mean, it's just not the same. Again, people really want to work for an environment where they just feel totally appreciated. So I'm with you on that, man. Very cool. So I got to ask, it's not, not part of a culture or customer service, but as a rock star, if you could see one last band live, what would the band be? And where would it, where would they be at? Oh, man, I'm going to pick an easy one only because it's the absolute truth. In my background, I've been very lucky. I've seen everybody that I ever wanted to see except for one. Okay. The Rolling Stones. I can't believe I haven't to this point seen it. And I've got, here's a little story real quick. I had tickets about three years ago. Well, about two and a half years ago to go see them in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm in central Florida. And uh, literally the week that the concert was happening, Mick Jagger had to go into the hospital. He had a heart problem. It's just a couple of years ago. So they rescheduled it. Rescheduled for one in Tampa, Florida, even closer to me. It was awesome. Literally the day that they rescheduled that, all of a sudden COVID starts to hit. So they held on as long as they could. They reschedule it. I just saw the new date. Not only am I off speaking somewhere making money, so I can't go to it. But now, as we all know, Charlie Watts, the drummer, has just passed away. So I, I would assume that they're probably still going to play. I'm not even sure Charlie was playing with them on this particular tour. But yeah. I have a feeling all it takes is Mick Jagger or Keith Richards to go. And that's it. I will have missed my window. So if I could see him anywhere, I'd love to go see a concert at Red Rocks in Colorado. It just sounds like that would be phenomenal. I've never been there. So to see that band in that location, oh my, I, I would lose my mind. I'm telling you right now, that would be fantastic. You're telling me that they would overflow your cup. They would, they would. And that's it. I don't need to see any more live music. I'd be super happy with that. That's so awesome. Actually, I'm going to a concert tonight. I'm going to see the Struts, which is my new favorite band right now. This lead singer just reminds me of just an early Bowie and a Freddie Mercury. He's a, uh, it, it, they are rock and roll to the core and I am, I'm absolutely loving it. So I'm thrilled to go do that tonight. That's awesome. Enjoy yourself. So I, I wrap you. up every single podcast, Jim, with two, two questions. And the first one okay. is what book or person and customer service, customer experience has influenced you the most in the past year. And then the second one is if you could leave a note to all customer service representatives, it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8am. What would it say? Uh, what, what was the first question again? It was on the, the book. Uh, yeah. Uh, book what or book person? or person has influenced you the most in the past year around customer service and customer experience? Okay. So 
I would say uh, the one that's resonated with me the most uh, is my good friend, Steve Farber. Uh, you know, he wrote a book called Radical Elite. It's very, it's the type of books I love, very thin and big letters. And I wish they had pictures in it as well. All told through an analogy. I love his books. He's got a new one called Love is Just Damn Good Business. Um, again, nice theme since we were talking about love anyway, but it has a great service component to it. I'm not, I'm not so sure that it's all about customer service, yeah. but oh my gosh, talking from a business standpoint, I think that's perfect. Love is just damn good business. Um, and, and the other one I would say, if I could leave a note, you know, I, I do think, um, listen, I, I think a single person with a great idea can start unbelievably great revolutions. You know, that that's how dictator-led countries are overthrown. That's how philanthropic movements are started. That's how service programs are created and perpetuated. So I just think if you really want to get to nirvana, you've got to create an experience that is personalized, customized, and individualized. If you can get somebody, and I, I guess I would write this in the note, you know, read the guests, seize the moment, personalize the experience to rock their world. I'd be out. I'd be happy. There it is. There's the mic drop moment, right? That's there. it. Boom. You can use that clip. That's so awesome. Uh, so what's the best way for my listeners to get a hold of you? They they want to find you, creep on you, social, they want to book you, they want to see that amazing hair. What's the best way to do that? Oh man, you're so awesome. I appreciate it. Actually, I could list off a lot. I'll just tell you the best place is my website at yeah. nightspeaker. So my last name, K-N-I-G-H-T, nightspeaker.com. You can get all my social and the podcasts and the books and see the hair and there's video clips and a whole bunch of other stuff. But I'm really honored to be here, brother. I really, really appreciate you making this happen. I appreciate you, man. You uh, you enjoy that that rock concert and I, I, full, I expect a full on report when you uh, go to Red Rocks. You got it. I'll send you a video clip. Awesome. See you, Jim. All right, buddy. Be good. Rock on. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing it with them by giving them the link of this episode or directly from your app. And last, if you'd like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, go to press1fornick.com forward slash podcast.